0: out, like, movie-wise, TV-wise. First off, how you boys doing? Thanks for joining the show. Um, I'm glad everyone's here again. Uh, Nick and uh, Moses are not getting to the <laughs> episode this week. They are taking a little bit of a leave of absence uh, this week, so just some good old Chicago boys who've gone to go back many, many years. And yeah, man, we're trying to... Just, it's a nice conversation about movies and TV, so I don't think, what came out this week that was like... Oh, Megan came out,
1: like a week or two ago, and that's been kind of like... Uh, before we get into all that all right now that we're recording everything uh we have a special guest guys thank you for again coming and listening to our podcast but we have a special guest my homie since i've known since third grade been paying the ass ever since but great guy to be around loyal as fuck and honestly uh a very very unique soul mind uh, he goes by Maha now, so Maha, go ahead and introduce yourself, say what you're about, and you know maybe uh, experiences you have within the entertainment industry and everything like that. you know, like so, you know, let the viewers know who you are. Lovely. Well, firstly, thank you for the lovely introduction.
2: That was nice. That's pretty good, Joe, oh, right, right. <laughs> Thank you God special over here <laughs> always you know me. <laughs> um so yeah like my friend said my name is maha last name hemingway uh i'm a writer director creative director filmmaker editor and all that fun stuff in between based out of the south Star of chicago um shit what else did you what else what else, have?
1: What else was i supposed to say experiences <laughs> you know like things you might have done within the industry you know oh, yeah, your projects
2: sure. you worked on for sure yeah. so um I got my start more or less, I'd say, professionally, probably in around 2018, 2019, getting on sets, uh, PA'd a lot for, like, those Chicago shows, the Dick Wolf shows, the NBC shows. Um, Then, you know, I have been writing for a while, probably since 2016, dropped out of college, and wanted to just figure out, you know what I wanted to do. Originally it was music and then I kind of was just like, I don't like writing music anymore and that turned into, <laughs> Well, you've always you've always been good at writing stories. And so um, you know, started writing screenplays, tried to get some stuff going, didn't know how expensive filmmaking was at the time. And then, lucky for me, around twenty twenty, I got around a lot of friends who went to Columbia and DePaul, started getting on their sets, doing a lot of assistant director work. Um Started to do a little production design and in 2020, 2022, in 2021, I started my own production. Um, and we wrapped, we had to take a year off and we eventually wrapped the next year. Um, so yeah, that was really nice. Wrapped my first project, wrapped my second project last year. They're both in post right now. I'm actually, uh, I started a creative directing label last year as well, and that's been really cool, just working with artists in Chicago, so I'm actually shooting my first music video for my company this weekend, that's gonna be really fun, and yeah, we're just, we're just doing a lot of stuff to pull the filmmaker and the creative director music shit all together, Um, I could talk a long time about all the shit that I got in the works, but yeah, that's the summary.
0: Awesome, brother. That's so so cool. I know you're doing your own your, your first video, man. For your company, man. That's that's awesome. I no, love to hear that. It.
1: Yes, sir. I'm glad, uh After this, I definitely want to hear about your first project you did because we were in talks about that back in uh, in a while ago. But I want to hear about both. Yeah, I want to hear about both uh but let's let's get to it a lot of movies and shows and a lot of just things within the entertainment industry has happened recently uh you were talking about a new movie that came out recently called megan you know megan uh <laughs> oh you can't uh, fans get that reference yeah. megan you jackie anyways yeah megan came out uh you saw that doug right yeah, I saw that. I'm I'm finally catching up all the movies that I missed when I was
0: sick for like a couple of weeks. Um, so yeah, I saw Megan last Monday, this past Monday, and I saw Babylon, which I loved uh, last weekend. Uh, and also, you know, TV wise, I was very impressed with the Last of Us pilot. Like, I was very very impressed. Again, I have no history with the games whatsoever. I know about them through you know Joel. Um, I've never played before. And wow, man! That first episode—like the writing, the direction, the production design, everything—I was floored, and I'm very excited to see what the season goes through, uh, you know, going forward. So, yeah, definitely worth. A lot of people talking about it, like on Monday after the show, after the show debuted. But uh, holy shit, yeah, this is a show that I'm going to be definitely watching. um, Great tension throughout the whole
1: season. Uh, Yeah, since the last time we did a podcast, I've watched a few things. You know, I watched the Tulsa King show, which is on Amazon. Whole oh, first season's all done. Really great show yeah, with, Plus. Uh, yes, Paramount Plus. Okay. uh thank my brother for that shit. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> Uh, I watched The Menu that was on HBO Max. Uh, the res- Being the residential nerd here in the podcast, I did, of course, watch The Last of Us. I did play the first and second one. I have always been hyped for that game, and I love the game very much. And I do have a lot to say about the show. Uh, oh, really? So I'm very excited yeah, I'm curious. About it. Yes. Uh, Let's also we also have to talk about things within the industry and other things not so great, uh, like the world re- for uh, a new record being broken recently by the Velma show and also um, an actor I forget his name. We'll we'll, we'll come to that eventually. <laughs> uh, anything you want you know might want to talk about this podcast, uh, Dom. Mm-hmm.
2: You're doing it again, friends. Maha, but um, Maha, sorry. Maha. It's okay. I know it's an adjustment. Um, strike two, Joe. Strike two. <laughs> I've heard of some of these things in in like skating pass. I know I didn't. I didn't play The Last of Us, but I did. Um, I think at some point I watched like the cinematic footage. You look, like, you know, mm-hmm. we watched the cutscenes. Um, yep. so. I, relatively familiar with it i do fuck with uh pedro pascal that's my dude mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. because Man i making saw the waves season. yeah like the first season in uh fucking uh, narcos with him oh my god oh, oh what up Kel Dude. Yeah. Oh. also shout out to narcos i watched every single episode of both of those shows recently also so- season's
1: awesome mm-hmm. wait are you guys Star Wars fans? Are you guys have you guys yeah, I don't Mandalorian, want right? Name thing, yes. Oh, yeah, he, he's the Mandalorian, he is the Mandalorian, yes. He's the actor who plays the Mandalorian, you know, the one that is carrying the young one, Grogu. Yes, he is the Mandalorian as well. He's killing it, man. Like I said, he's making yeah. waves. He was in a nicholas Cage movie. Um, yeah, he's he really... oh, yeah, he was. Yeah, <laughs> there's also, uh, yeah. yeah. What was it? Uh, The Englishman, the second movie? Yes, he was one of the uh, the statesmen. He was too. Holy shit, you're right. Uh, Uh, He was. number two. He's he's one of the the statesmen. Yeah, yeah. Wow,
2: yeah, he's been been working. I feel like he's he's a classic example, too, of like, when people in Hollywood try to tell you like, oh, after a certain age, like, you can't do that. I'm like, He's definitely in his, like, 40s, maybe. Like, how old is Pedro Pascal? Because he's definitely he in his 40s. 40s. Yeah.
1: yeah, he's definitely in his 40s. He's, he's say He's pushing
2: he's Oh, pushing shit. 30.
1: Dude, yeah, but he's, he's showing it, you know? But uh, what I like about him, too, is that he mm-hmm. now has been making a name for himself mm-hmm. besides what we know. You know, a lot of Hollywood is... You know like a lot of the young actors and like the big you we already have the big actors that we grew up with you know brad Pitt, mm-hmm. matt damon all those you know wonderful people uh Denzel. but you know a lot of the young actors you know no hate tourism are all coming from being their kids or something or disney channel which again no hate they're oh. all doing wonderful work but, like, you know, he's, you know, breath of fresh air, someone new, someone we haven't seen, you know, well, not new, but like, just, you know, making a name for himself that came not from what other, everyone else came from, you know, making his own way.
2: Well, I wouldn't say all the, that was a general statement, but I, like, to a degree, I definitely, I definitely agree. Like, there are quite a few of these younger actors who are Nepple babies. And, you know, not to, not to shake, because a lot of them are. Fucking fantastic for sure.
1: Yeah, like uh, Jan Ortega. You know, yeah, I, I didn't know she was actress. a Neppo Baby. Yeah, she was a Disney child. She was used to done some Disney. Oh well,
3: shows. yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. I, I was talking about Nickel Babies, but yes, yeah, oh, you. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Are, definitely, a lot of the kids who were on Disney like are obviously doing crazy things. I mean, look at fucking Zendaya on Euphoria. Like, it might be. It. The, you feel me? Like, we can complain about the writing or whatever, but universally, we all agree. She acts her ass open that show. Um, Oh fuck yeah, hundred percent. So so it's just like, yeah, it's it's interesting to seeing the new landscape of like acting because, like, as we know, back in the day, it was really just like one way to get in. Like you had to go the fucking theater route, or you just kind of had to like Mm -hmm. discover walking down the street. And Mm now it's just like there are so many ways. Obviously, there's the nepo way, which you know, cool. There's the there is the there's still the theater way a lot of people are starting to transition from theater or crossover from screen to theater which i think is amazing um what else is there there's the fucking um oh, oh there's like the social media way now like there are people who create things <laughs> on social media and then companies come to them which i think is fantastic if you don't you know because that's that's the thing i'm kind of doing right now too so i very much i really like how the industry isn't just pigeonholed to one system now. Like, you can kind of right. get it in your own way, which I think is
1: amazing. Yeah. Also, the uncommon way, WWE, you know what I'm saying? Bautista, The Rock, <laughs> oh, a couple yeah. other John, uh, <laughs> John Cena. who has <laughs> who is yeah. of a legend as well.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah, but their big three is hard, like, because people, and I think with that, too, like, people forget that, like, a bunch of people tried it, and a lot of them failed before The Rock. Mm-hmm. Like, Hulk Hogan tried, Stone Cold tried, Triple H, a like, hell of them try. <laughs> like,
1: uh, Andre the Giant, the giant Andre,
2: is, Andre and Roddy Piper, successful. the only two who were successful because Roddy Piper was in the um, what's the fucking movie? What's the movie? Um, where he had the shotgun and the glasses.
1: Oh, they live. They live.
2: Yeah, they he, right. Roddy Piper's and they live, and obviously Andre yep. was in the uh, Princess Bride, and those are those were
1: big, and a few but, other movies. Yeah,
2: yeah. And then it's like, but no one obviously did it until like Dwayne came and just fucked the game up, and then he kicked the door in for like Batista and then John Cena. So it's nice <laughs> yes, to right. all three of Like when I started seeing, but like Batista outside of just like I'm, I'm, I'm the big Jack Do so Rolls, That's where I was. Yeah.
3: Because
2: he ain't glad. Have you seen? Have you all seen Glass Onion? Yeah, we yes. did. We yeah, did. like he was fucking fantastic yeah. in that. Everybody,
1: He's... Was, oh he he takes acting very seriously which is really great you know he takes it he takes it a little bit differently than the rock definitely I love the rock he does great work but Bautista takes his work just in a different stride uh and also at first I'm like I wasn't too sure about Bautista you know has an actor but has you know seen him come a long way and seeing him he's going to be in another movie very very he's soon in Doom
3: too. which he's in-
2: he was in the first dune he's about to be like a more prominent role in the second one. Too. Oh yeah he was dude. really
1: good in
0: dune and also in uh Under 2049 his small role in that movie is awesome Oh yeah mm. he, really he, good he, he was he in does a, such great oh, yeah. characters yeah uh, I forgot,
1: dude, what's uh what's that end of the movie uh movie we were talking about the other day Doug? uh they'll be in um oh knock at the cabin the, knock at the yeah, cabin that the cabin. one seems yeah. very interesting yeah he does a great uh you know tracks as well oh, uh, yeah. everyone knows Guardians of the galaxy and i was like his biggest had... role his, his first big role right mm, big role that caught everyone's attention yes but, yeah, but it, was, uh, yeah. He, he it was was the it other things before yeah his first yeah. leading role was just
2: in that uh, Zack Snyder Army of the Dead. Like that was his first leading role.
1: Oh, that's right. Uh, yeah. He yeah, that's was
2: right. supposed to be in. Uh, he was supposed to be in the Suicide Squad, but then I think it was between. I don't want to say he was supposed to be Peacemaker. I don't want to say that, but James <laughs> Gunn did write a specific role for him, and he was like, it was between being a part of an all-star cast or being a part of like a lead. And obviously, I mean, it's hands down, it's a fucking leading role. Check
3: <laughs> yes, sir. Uh...
2: And in a big exactly. Zach's movie, like it just made sense career wise. So, yeah, I think mm-hmm. I love the. I really love seeing like people's journeys, like like you said, Joe. Like watching like WWE and like, as like a child, and seeing like these three men who we just talked about and now seeing where they are. Like you couldn't predict the shit. Like people try to be. No, like, oh, superstars like you're fucking lying like you like, know
1: like if we travel back into the past and told everyone that the person that they love to watch on a, on a saturday night that says you smell what the rock is cooking it's gonna be one of the biggest of the actors it <laughs> On the, planet, like, <laughs> on the fucking planet. On the planet, who also, by the way, is gonna own his own tequila company? Fucking, they would look tequila. at us. The so oh, tequila is so good. Oh my smooth. god, it's very bro. smooth. smooth. I love oh, it.
3: It's like, so well,
2: good. <laughs>
0: so yeah. the
2: smooth tequila. It's just like, but I, I've been listening to it was somebody who i listened to who was just like study people's journeys like really just look at people's journeys because that inspires you like like we said about pedro pedro's been around for a while but we didn't really start seeing him probably like five ten years ago at most like yeah Yeah. and now he's a fucking leading man on disney and he's a fucking leading man on hbo like yes sir and his career didn't start busting into the 40s so it's like People try to tell you, okay, you're 25, you're 30, just give it up. Like, no, fuck that. If you really want to do that, keep doing it because they're proven fucking studies that show that it pays off.
1: Yeah, 100%. same way with, uh, what's his name? Mark Ruffalo, right? The guy who played the hawk. Mark name?
0: Ruffalo kind of had, like, he got, I want
1: to say he had a little bit he, earlier
0: than... He, no, 40s he
1: started kid. acting way before that, but he but he didn't get the attention like he did until the Avengers. Yeah, no, I fair. disagree. He, he had he had more of like,
0: he like he, he was like the rom com guy for a while. Like, he was he had, like, he was in 13 going on 30. And that yeah, that's that in oh, a few other movies. Or even, the, um,
1: that. what's that movie? I feel, uh, it's so good. Jim,
0: Jim Carrey's like, best movie, Eternal Sunshine. Like, he was in that. Like, i get get a lot of clout for that movie, movie like, too. Like,
1: yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, that. what yeah, I'm yeah, saying okay. is, he didn't get put into the spotlight. Like, he you're is talking about, like, what I'm saying like he like me. truly known not just by just a few you know just by like people that pay attention be like he was in that other movie yeah uh, what's his name like not nah, like if we are talking about like household mark, name shit, is that what you're
2: talking about like his household name? yes
1: uh, like a household name
2: yeah like you know? i see where you're coming from because like when i think about mark ruffalo i will say like when i when I first saw the Avengers, I knew him from 13 going on 30 because that was the only one yeah, reference in 20 fucking 12. But now going back and seeing his career, I'm like, oh, he was in. He was in Shutter Island. <laughs> he was oh, in yeah. fucking mm-hmm. Zodiac. He was like one of the main people in Zodiac. He was a uh, collateral with Jamie Foxx and Tom Cruise. Raymond Like, so he has some roles. And like you say, turn to sunshine, Doug. But like you look, I agree with you, Joe, like his career definitely went to a different stratosphere once he became the whole, whole like, wholeheartedly. Like, yeah. and I think it's too, like, I really like looking at people's careers of seeing, like, okay, I saw what you were grinding, and I saw your success, but then I saw where superstardom came in. Uh-huh. Like, and this is, like, this yeah. is relevant, but because, uh, again, my company, Black Lily, we were working with, like, musicians, too. So, like, just, like, creative director musicians. so a thing that I have I've had to study is like a musician's journey and somebody who I looked at recently was like Ariana Grande because like Mm. he's like fucking superstar like you say her name anyway people knows but like going to your thing earlier Joe about Disney she was a Nickelodeon baby as we all know and so I was looking at that I was like oh okay cool like looking at her from album one to to currently and i'm like oh i see that moment where you went from everybody knows you to like the whole world knows you and it's exactly. just people's formula of like okay cool like you were popular here and then you had that one song that one interview that one moment where it was like i like her and now fucking you get two billion streams on a song <laughs> Or, right, it,
1: it like Chance the Rapper, Chicago born, you know, rapper who was big in Chicago and probably a few other places, but then eventually blew up, you mm-hmm. know. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. but
2: not uh, anyway. <laughs> I <don't> want to get <laughs> no bucks. <laughs> uh,
1: <laughs> I want to talk about one big thing a record that has not been broken in many years, which is done by the new show Velma. That show has beaten Avatar The Last Airbender and Dragon Ball Z has the worst show ever. They beat both those live-action movies. They have the worst rating. They have beaten a new record. When you say, what do you mean by beat? so dragon ball z has had the worst like movie rating on like imbd for the longest time ever because everyone hates that movie oh wait, dragon... Dragon... A movie. yeah the yeah, live action. action movie you know it's it's movie. Awful. For, jesse like pinkman has has goku you know what i'm saying oh my god oh no that's not that's not fucking
2: jesse pinkman that's uh jimmy from um from uh shameless Oh are
1: you sure gosh. is it jimmy or is yeah, it I jesse to, i thought it was
2: jesse i remember if aaron paul was fucking goku no that was jimmy yeah <laughs> no. yeah it was kind
0: of shameless oh,
1: shit true yeah that yeah, it was uh... oh my. <laughs> talk about white yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yes sir yeah <laughs> but yes Belma has a lower rating than that dragon ball z movie and avatar
0: yeah, so cold, Dragon bro. Ball is a two point five on IMDb, which you'd be very proud and of, Velma and Valma uh,
1: has like a one point. What I'm checking 5, right like now,
0: um, I think it's a one point five. Let me see what uh, let's see what the awful M Night Shyamalan Airbender
1: was. Yes, it's uh, higher than I the think. Dragon Ball Z movie. If, yeah, for,
0: for sure. so Airbender has, has a very generous four four point if you ask me, and <laughs> and now yeah, I, believe I believe at least gave it a three. 1.3 is for Velma. Yikes! Oh my, yeah.
1: One god. It, its going lower the more episodes that they release. And the it audience is a, a 1.3 as well. Jesus. Ryan Tomato—the critics are being 22. nice. She has like a 55, but the audience rating is a six. A six. <laughs> yeah, <I think laughs> a six. Six.
2: So what's what's hilarious is this is a classic example of people watching to hate. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Because this shit already got renewed for season two, so I've been hearing all this <laughs> shit talking about it. But it's been green light after what two fucking episodes for a second season? Yeah, uh, you no. Know, well, like,
0: here's you the thing. <laughs> uh, here, you know, Max is like biggest animation
1: uh, like viewership ever, which is hilarious. Here's the thing: a lot of people were excited for the show. A lot of people they weren't too excited about Norville. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> but no, no, no. but they they a lot of people were excited about the show. A lot of people liked Mindy ken They liked they wanted to see the you know the, great the, her yeah.
2: show, uh, the Sex Life of College Girls. I fucks with that it show. great, yeah. show, like, she's a
1: great writer, and so a lot of people were excited, especially you know adding diversity to the Scooby Gang right. and yeah, to yeah, see yeah, their yeah. origin story. Yeah and then it was released and it was a fucking disaster
2: yeah i got I got to watch an episode oh and i got to bring up after we talk about this i got to bring up uh, another hot topic of <laughs> a show i just watched today um but yeah i got to watch this episode cuz i don't want to like i tr- i usually don't talk too what so... that i've never seen but Sorry. the the clips i've seen and just like the things I've the things I've read is just so universally hated. And I'm like, damn, is it really that bad? <laughs>
1: like on but it doesn't matter what you know political party you go for, whatever, on both spectrums it is hated. Oh my goodness. And, it's and like
2: somebody says like far left or something like that, like to the it's like cringe.
1: I, I heard that. It's so so the the, the a lot of the issues I'll point out the issues that a lot of people have with it and and, and which is that um so the, obviously the show is trying to show diversity, body positivity, stuff like that, but then a lot of it is uh, white race jokes, you know what I mean, making fun of white people, obviously. Uh the the comedy is very stale. People literally said the only time that they laughed at it was in a section where they're in a the bathroom and Daphne trying to like say some words and keeps getting distra- uh, keeps getting interrupted by flushing, um, uh, which is you know bad if that's the only thing that they laughed at. Uh, for the body positivity part, where that's uh they make uh what was it, uh Fred is a giant man child uh and all and a for like that though <laughs> he no he, he's been a douche he's been a, a likable yeah. douche but not a man child
2: his leadership skills were always in question for me personally
1: well yeah because we grew up why the fuck would you split up you know what i mean like it was that type of shit
2: up. it was like if you and Daphne want to go fuck it like over here that's fine but don't go telling yeah. us up every damn time we caught up in the same situation bro like, yeah, yeah. Exactly. you know yeah.
1: what I'm saying? Uh, so but they he apparently has a very tiny penis and they talk about it like constantly oh, wow. and make oh, fun wow. of I him for it. it. Yeah, I thought this
0: yeah. was a kid no, show too. I saw the radio TV and I'm like, I thought it was a kid yeah. show. Like, uh, I truly saw the kid show.
1: Yeah, they got rid of like,
2: oh, this, they, this is out the window. <laughs>
1: They got rid of two iconic characters, which is Shaggy and Scooby Doo. And now all we have is Norville, who hates drugs.
2: Wait, 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 wait. wait.
1: Time out. There's no Scooby in this show? There's no Scooby.
2: I see. I came across like an article that says something about like basically they creatively chose to not have Scooby there to age the characters up. But then also HBO and Warner Brothers, they were like, "Yeah, no, uh, the dog's off limits because of licensing issues." Oh, um, um, see, I don't really know the details of that because I thought that they owned the dog. Maybe they just don't yeah. pay. I don't fucking know.
1: Scooby Doo is a fa- they so weird, wanted dude. to make an adult, you know, Scooby thing. They're like, "Look, you can have the four other characters. You can't have Scooby because that's the one all the kids pay attention to. Scooby Doo, you know, yeah. named after
2: they him." Who we do like legacy with this adult content?
1: Maybe that's what yeah. it is. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So you're, you're, you're right. that. Well, huh. It's uh, it's also, to do licensing issues. Yeah.
1: We also well, don't um, have Shaggy. We have Norville. Uh, so who the fuck I is Norville? Norville <laughs> Shaggy. is Shaggy's replacement who hates drugs. <laughs> he hates oh, drugs. Back. He's black. He hates drugs, and he has the whitest name out of everyone in that fucking show.
2: Oh, that's crazy! Because apparently Shaggy's original name was Norville in the eighties. What? Like I that's
0: news to me too.
2: That's news yeah. to me. It's like well, not his original name, but like it's just interesting because they said in the eighties version of it they called him Norville. Like
1: okay, so that's his legal fucking name.
2: Yeah, but um it's just weird, though, because when you type in Norville on Velma, Shaggy pops right up. <laughs> uh, oh, wow. Yeah, no. Deadass, his actual name is Norville. Norville Shaggy
1: Rogers. Okay. All so, like, right. So, like <laughs> you, he uses his middle name. <laughs> That's so oh lame, my God. Though, Like Because
2: <laughs> it's like a slap in the face. Like Folks can't just Google who the fuck Norville is. Yeah. They just choose not to call him Shaggy on the show because I'm looking at the Velma website and it's like Norville Shaggy Rogers.
1: Yeah, but also here's the thing. Norville's character, lame as shit, he's one, he hates drugs. Two, he's a giant simp for Velma who doesn't give a fuck about him and literally laughs in the face when he uh, confesses love to her. So.
0: Also, I have a quote from the creator here. Char- Charlie Grandy said told, told Variety that uh, if they put Scooby in the show, it would be a kid's show, and they wanted to make it an adult-like humor show, so that mm. too.
2: Okay, see, I figured, because when they were like the dogs off-limits, I'm like, but that's what brought <laughs> yeah. the kids. That was the they Exactly.
1: Comic. Right, yeah. So, nope. but the
0: show is doing very well You badly. definitely know some kids probably watch this show over the weekend, like, mom and dad, what the fuck are we watching? <laughs> oh, we're right definitely.
2: And now they're hearing about small penises, and
0: yeah, and drug dealers. <laughs> right. Yeah, drug dealers.
2: Man, That's hilarious. Uh, like he just pushed his race and took away his enthusiasm for weed. <laughs> like
1: <yeah.
2: laughs> that was his like quality. That and his yeah, because he was always high. Why? Would... why would... No
1: why would... one would have been upset. No one would have been like, "This is racist." It's why shaggy
2: else he dog snacks every episode. Like he was high as shit.
1: <laughs> like. Also, Marijuana in the movie, in the, the live-action movie we all love, he, they talk about Mary Jane. That's his favorite name. We
2: also saw that scene where him and school, when they were by themselves, literally came out of the van that was
1: hotboxed. Yeah, but they were making quote, 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 food in a PG movie,
0: PG movie too,
1: PG movie. <laughs> Yeah, you know saying. Oh yeah, he also found his people. The, the you know the crowd when they're ra- walking the red carpet by smelling the air. Yeah, yeah, and, they're very loud. That's shaggy,
2: <laughs> That's shaggy. Ain't no guy. That's not normal. That's
1: Shaggy right there. That's Shaggy <laughs> right there, yes sir. So that show did. Horribly.
0: Uh, yeah. I have to give it a chance, like like Maha said. I had to like you know give it a chance and like I mean I a chance, but like see for my see for ourselves. Like I want to see like is it really up, that so, bad?
2: I get that shit a single. Like if you don't if you don't get me by the pilot, I have a rule. I'm like if the pilot sucks me in, I'm here. If the pilot doesn't like, that's how I attack on Titan. Wow. I,
3: have,
2: yep. I have finished. Um, I forget. I have finished some anime completely, and I was like, damn, bro, like I have nothing to watch. So my homies were always talking about fucking attack on Titan. Like folks was just always talking about that shit. So I'm like, all right, yes, whatever. Sir.
1: That's a good. So, nice anime.
2: I watched the first episode of demon slayer first. And I was like, this is nice. That's cool. Like truth be told, I wasn't super sucked in. I was like, this is cool. I watched the first episode of attack on Titan. And I was like, Oh my fucking goodness. Every episode, <laughs> like my Sunday agenda went out the fucking window. And I got through like, damn there the whole first season, probably on a Sunday so that's like that's my rule like if the pilot gets me cool if it doesn't fuck off and now transitioning fun fact i watched the pilots of that 90s show today
1: oh did you really same i didn't finish it i i haven't I, watched it yet oh it, shit it's uh, uh
2: it's
1: it's disney I, channel I've it's, ris- I've, oh no one-
2: like, like Doug, I really wanted to like it, dude. Like, I really wanted to. Oh, I
0: believe
3: you. And then, like, <laughs>
2: my favorite the... sitcom ever, bro. Like, it's like, for me, it's top 10 sitcoms. And so, I'm watching it, and like, of course, they do some fan service, like, Red and Kitty come dancing into the kitchen. I'm like, oh, shit. But I'm like, it has a laugh crack. I know what the fuck can laughter sounds like versus real audience laugh. It's yeah. fucking yeah. laughing.
1: But, no. And <laughs> it is overplayed. It, it is no like
2: way. they have some cameos and even just like if you listen to the to the crowd reaction to the cameos i'm like this isn't giving authentic because if i was in the crowd and i saw topher grace mila kunis fucking um mm, Kutcher. Kutcher. i gotta remember it's on a it's on the tip of my tongue uh laura prepon i would have lost my fucking mind because these are like childhood icons like yeah, i would right. It wouldn't have been like, it would have been, oh my fucking, like, like it would have been like losing my, (laughs) and all of the clapping up just sounded the same, and I was like, "Mm." and then Uh, also the kids give Disney acting for sure, they definitely, uh, definitely.
1: Disney acting, and also you can't really tell it's '90s, like it 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 doesn't give you a '90s vibe, it gives you. Yeah. They did not try hard yeah. enough. The writing's bad. The writing's like bad. literally, the dumb character has a van again, and it's not <laughs> like
2: one of like the pretty boy is Kelso's son. Like fucking, obviously, the nerdy girl is like fucking um, Donna and Eric's kid. They have mm-hmm. like a black, they have like a black girl who she's cool, but like again, she's still. I like her the most, but she's just like. She's she's limited by terrible writing, and then so yeah, it's just it's very much like I remember the second episode came on autoplay, and I was just like, I can't do this, bro. Like I literally,
0: (laughs) I'm looking right now. None none of the the original tracks in the show. None. None, the none laugh, of the original writers came back for the show, which is kind of sad. Like none of them. Like, not, no,
1: Yeah, But like, the laugh yikes. tracking is overused. By the way, like I'm being so dead serious. So, like, yeah. say a sentence and laugh track, and then another sentence, laugh track, another sentence, maybe two sentences, laugh track. Like it's nothing funny happening. You know.
2: Like, you know, I really, and that's the thing too. Like. Modern day sitcoms like really don't do laugh tracks. Like I remember mm,
3: when that. They H- suck. Father
2: show, <laughs> <when> that your H- <laughs> father's show came out. Like I remember me and my partner at the time we were watching. and We were just like, "Why is there a laugh track?" Like you really, it gives lazy when you put a laugh track in a show nowadays because, like, yeah. there's no sitcom that you can say that you like right now that has a laugh track.
1: Like no, you know. none. Also, no hate to the LGBTQ community plus oh. community. Okay, uh, i don't i don't Petrol think Joe. there should Petrol have Joe. been an openly Woody gay Spencers. character because it's still the 90s and he's still in a very small town oh yeah yeah that's like that know, that's threw crazy. me like, like if he hit it just a tiny you know like if it wasn't like an out there thing that would have been a believable character but he's out there and no hate to them no hate to the community no hate to the character i just think like 90s small town it still wasn't really widely accepted
2: i think it's like one of those things probably where it's like like you said like when i saw him i was like i was like oh okay he's the gay character like it was it wasn't it wasn't very like hidden (laughs) but like yeah I think the thing is probably like for him thinking about it from his point of view it's probably one of those things where like he couldn't hide it if he wanted to. So it was like, accept it or not. Like, that's the vibe I kind of got. And like, I know a lot of it's like, like even when we were younger, I'm like, Oh, like this person might just be gay, but like, they don't give a fuck. So it was like,
1: but my thing is, you know, even like still the 90s, In small town like that's just where my head's at but i can understand what you're saying because again growing uh, up me you did know like the gay kids in our class you know even if they had quote unquote girlfriend
2: yeah like which was like you know i think i always find that to be like an interesting thing where like because i'm a huge supporter like of of the gay community and like i identify as queer like i'm not i don't identify as gay but like so i very much a lot of people who just like whatever be around me, and I just find it interesting where I'm like, well, you'll ask somebody like, when did you, when did this happen for you, and they'll be like, you know, and it's just always a funny story. Like there's like, oh, when I was five, or when I was thirteen, or I kissed the girl once and was like, I ain't like that shit, or I kissed the boy once and was like, I ain't like that. Shit. So I just find that shit to be funny because no matter what they look like, they just be like, yeah, bro. Like one day I just looked up and I was like, damn, I'm gay as hell, and I was like, I love that for you. <laughs> like I really love that for you, bro. So,
0: like one day woke up like you know what, <laughs> this is my life. <laughs> yeah, like,
2: I feel that like I really I I feel that like shit because why lie? But uh, right. yeah that show that show was uh
1: that show, seeing just the kind of shows I... that
3: greenlit... go ahead. Mm-hmm. Oh
2: uh, sorry I, was... I I
1: was I was gonna say something else, but you go ahead. Oh I, I
2: was gonna say seeing like that goes back to those seeing like the shows that like get green lit. Um just very much, like, puts a fire into my eyes. Like, I'm like, oh, like, and I've been trying really strongly recently not to sound too cocky or too confident, but like, I also don't really give a fuck because I know that I make quality art, and I very much am inspired by watching people's let's call them trash shows. Like, you know, uh, and when I say trash, I mean, just as far as, like, the numbers, the the reviews. I'm not calling someone Mm -hmm. else's art. The general scope. It gives me inspiration of like, oh, if this got greenlit, I know when the opportunity comes. My shit can get greenlit because there are a lot of things that are just here for not even a season. Some shows don't make it past two fucking episodes. And yeah. It's like all this money literally down the drain. So, yeah, it's. I think the I don't want to I don't want to go into the whole industry thing if that's not what I want to talk about right now. And I know, Joe, you were about to say something. So.
1: Uh, I was going to say, um, I looked at uh, some of the reviews for that 90s show, a lot of it had to talk about the nostalgia and the OG cast that, you know, I, for the up? good, well, no, for the good ratings, where mm-hmm. like people were like, like, oh, I love the show, blah, 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 but it was mainly just out of nostalgia and the love for the OG cast, you know what really? I mean?
2: Oh, yeah those are my favorite scenes, like, seeing, like, Eric and Donna, seeing Jackie and Kelso, like,
1: I know Faze at some point, but,
2: yeah, Yeah, but you don't care about the kids, (laughs)
1: like, you don't, and that's, so, you know, that's truly the only reason they got, you know, good ratings, but overall it was just not a good show, the writing's bad, Something some things should I be rebooted. Suppose
0: that. Yeah. Something should I be but rebooted. I mean, things... you
1: definitely talk about this a lot where it's like we're at a point where we're still doing nostalgia factors for a lot of things, movies, TV shows, and we need to stop because, yep. you know, like ET, no one fucking wanted a, a reboot, a, a second coming of ET. You know what I mean? Or, you know, other like, you know, yeah, stuff like that.
2: Yeah, I think we the industry has a problem i've noticed with like originality a lot of the times um, yes but it's really just laziness <clears throat> Want a quick cash grab like and that's why a huge part of the reason why like i've studied like business is because like a lot of creators have these amazing ideas and then here come the businessmen women people in the studios were just like mm, how about we do this instead like we want to remake a spielberg classic with half of like with with this amazing budget here you go and it's like no one wants to see that like it's so funny how the industry is so focused on metrics and yeah use all the fucking time but then you're giving people shit that they didn't ask for
1: (laughs) yeah and like he, like that's really the funny thing is that they'll you know they'll be like well here's a the business they loved this back in the day and you know now a lot of the new generation loves it too because their parents or siblings put them on it and it's coming back up into you know trending social you know media let's put it out there let's bring this back and that'll probably make us a lot of money and it's like it's out right now is overplayed it's too much done but also you know they do sort of the same thing where they they focus way too much on the business aspect like which takes away creativity from writers and directors you know what i mean for like like you know for the justice league movie you know they we have the justice league movie and then we have Zack snyder's cut where he got to show his creativity with it and it really shows like they're taking away power from people who just like their creativity can make them a lot of money, but because they're ironically thinking about money, they ruin it and they take the creativity away.
3: Yeah. I think that's. Too many cooks you... in the kitchen. It's... I'll
0: go ahead. Pretty, It's pretty much too many cooks in the kitchen where like they like, Everyone, everyone thinks that they have the best idea, and all those ideas kind of get yeah, like mushed together into, you know, something like the like the theatrical cut of Justice League, where it's like there was there was a clear vision, but so many people had an input on it that it just kind of ended up really like messy. Or I mean, happens a lot. There's a lot of interference with a movie, like with like the, the, the creator's vision. It most of the time it ends up not what they wanted or they talked about, which kind of sucks, but. I mean, it happens, more than, it happens more than often with, like, big, big picture, like, big studio movies. But, like, compared, to like, like, an 824 movie or, like, an independent movie, not so much. So, it kind of depends on, like, the studio and also, like, who's running what.
2: For sure. Yeah. And I, I noticed, too, like, you know, a lot of directors talk about, like, Final Cut privileges and, like, yeah. you know... Mm-hmm. Uh, um, for sure when you work at like these the marvels and the the fucking really any disney or probably warner brothers picture unless your name is incredibly established you're not getting final cut but nope. Nope. Uh, and you know like that was i mean tarantino is somebody who has final cut spielberg somebody has final cut but these are names who have been around for 30 40 years so i think again going back to studying like i really wish that every artist every filmmaker like no matter what you do knew about the business that they were in because so yeah. many get fucked over by that like just think about like even just the music industry and the film industry are like sisters and so it's like let's say you're the you're the doe-eyed kid who has this incredible idea and someone's like i believe in you, kid here's a budget that's a huge asterisk next to that same thing with like you're singing in a bar or you're discovered on youtube and someone's like here's a contract kid let's let's show the world what you're made of again use the asterisks next to that because they're not telling you how much of what you're making they're taking every time you make and mm-hmm. when we bring in again filmmaking like so many fucking directors don't produce their films they don't. just not write direct, and then it's just like okay the studio gave me a budget and now the studio's cutting you a check for your shit, but you have no ownership rights. You get nothing on the back end. You just got a check for slaving for fucking three years making a film and that's all right, fuck off to the next project. And so yep. that's just something that I'm like super anal about, like spreading the knowledge about, but just making sure because traditionally you don't get paid for the shit that you broke your fucking neck to fucking make. The studios the ones getting paid. It's a classic example right now. Fucking Ice Cube is in a dispute with fucking... Warner Brothers over the rights for Friday and yeah. it's like like that was your coming out party you made that but again someone else paid for it and they kept all the rights so and that's why we look at somebody like a Tyler Perry who's a Marvel like you might not like his movies but he owns everything he fucking does he and sure does <laughs> we could, we could like, I don't you know everybody had their opinion about his shit or whatever but like everything he makes he owns and distributes through company. Uh-huh. And so yeah, that's just something that I think is incredibly powerful that people need to understand because you know Zach Snyder has no fucking ownership in Justice League. Ryan Cool has no fucking ownership in Black Panther. No. Nope. Like the more you're established, the more rights you obviously have. And that's again why I always tell homies like, don't write to pitch to people. Just write to create. Because the more you create and the more you establish yourself, people are going to come to you with opportunities. And when they come to you, you have the bargaining power when you're just fucking broke with a script you have nothing but a fucking script
1: yeah it's and i like how you like the music industry and the the entertainment industry is like sisters which is really true because they do the same thing to artists themselves Mm -hmm. not even their songs but artists where it's like they put them in this contract and force them to constantly like you know uh you know, do concerts and, you know, drive them until, you know, they're basically killing themselves and it, it's, you know, it's like that, but with shows and movies where they'll take this and do whatever the fuck they want with it, you have no power over it. You don't have any ownership. So yeah, that's very much so like it is, you know?
0: Yeah, you're a hired, you're a hired hand usually when you come to these big studio, like, a, like you said, like the Marvel Disney movies, like, I mean, most of the time, you're just brought into this one thing. See you in the next project. And That's mm-hmm. why I, kind of, I give a lot of credit to you know movies like people like Eight Twenty Four. Eight Twenty Four lets their creditors do their thing, you know, like because exactly. you know, smaller budget, you have like less sp- smaller budget. I think you have more room to like, hey, like have like conversations. When you have a bigger budget, you're following the blueprint. Or you're following like the I don't know, like the agreement you had with the company. You do an independent film. You have more leeway to kind of like you know speak more creatively. Also, like I'll showcase what you want to show. I think it's why like you see like smaller movies like A Barbarian or like or, or like the Menu stuff like that, or uh, even like smooth like Smile, where it's like you know what you can definitely like for a lower budget you can have more not control, but you can have more like I don't know like you have more leeway to like make those choices that you that you could that you couldn't make at a Warner Brothers or a Universal or a big or a bigger studio because. They, because you're letting you're you're speaking more creatively, but you're speaking more of like you know with more uniqueness or like like origi- more like of like original thought, which I think is very like the important when it comes to like seeing like new filmmakers, you know like um shows what they have as a filmmaker, like show us like shows what you're what you're capable of in telling stories.
2: Yeah, for sure, and I think going back to the small companies thing too, like people. There's this thing that I've seen just like especially in artists like a lot of folks went through the the big accolades and rewards without actually taking the proper steps like yeah so many people look at success stories and again going back to that like they don't really look at the journey folks be looking at mm-hmm folks look at a fucking let's take beyonce for example folks look at beyonce like oh my god, she's beyonce it's just like okay but did you look at what she was doing in 99 92 90 when she was just a broke girl in houston like it's the it's the a to the b and everybody just focuses on z you know and like, mm-hmm. like we look at let's take for example like a greta girlwick greta Growick, mm-hmm. like her first film that she directed was lady bird but greta Gerwig was writing films and acting in films like 10 15 years before that yeah, like yeah and and also she you know she made an incredible acclaimed hit for twenty four, and then her next film was with like fucking universal which was little women and now yeah. she's Barbie, so it's like start from the smaller places and work your way up because also Fucking Jordan Peele did the same thing. Yes, he was on Key and Peele, and before that he was on Mad TV. Which again, the grind is incredible. But then he made Get Out with fucking uh, what was that? Blumhouse, like mm-hmm. low budget money, super low budget, <laughs> super low budget. Uh. And then they distributed through Universal. And like the fucking genius that he is, because he was a producer on Get Out, has credit like ownership in Get Out. That, now us. Was exclusively with Universal, so he yep. used a smaller company to did what he had to do, and then he moved on to the bigger company, and he has Final Cut at Universal for his next two
1: movies. So yeah, let's let's also talk sure about another actor who who you know came from little beginnings, which is you know childish Gambino, Donald Glover. You know he was doing YouTube, and then he started writing. Uh, who was it? Was it SNL or uh, yeah? He was, was doing it? comedy when he was in uh, I think yeah. he, Um, yeah he was writing for uh tracy morgan and 30 rock yeah he was writing tracy morgan 30 rock and then he got community he had uh his tiny movies he also did on the side and -hmm. you know people saw his acting he started doing music even more stand-up as well and he just you know blew up bigger and bigger and you know kept progressing nothing slowed him down so yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. and like we said like it's that journey
2: like there are stories about him in between takes when everyone's at crafty Kiki Kian and he's writing like he's writing the synopsis of what will become Atlanta in like twenty thirty. Mm. So it's just like again, it's really just like a, I don't want to sound corny, but like shit, bro. If you want something, just go for it. Like and focus on that yep. shit. Like if you got to drive Uber every day to fucking make ends meet, a like <laughs> think about why you're doing it. Try to write. Try to you know have like-minded conversations pay attention write dialogue whatever you got to do like it's every day you got to keep that spirit alive of like this is what i want to do like you know i i'm not currently really making money from the industry i have a lot of opportunities coming but like none of them are really paid but but mm-hmm. i've learned is like if you just focus on what pays you all the time like you're just gonna always be pigeonholing yourself because
3: mm-hmm. you,
2: going to get paid for anything that you really want to do when you're starting out. Like I've made money from shooting videos. I've also made nothing from having incredible collaborations, but in those moments where you're not making currency, you're, it's still an opportunity. So that might point you to some currency later down the line that might point you to some more like referred people who might want to work with you to build that portfolio, to get an online presence, which would then have companies coming to you. So it's like, Again, that instant gratification, like that shit's kind of dead, bro. You really need to be in here for the loan game because if you love it, like you shouldn't have to get paid every five seconds to do what you want to do.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah, like it, it, it's a job. You gotta look at it like a job. Not every job you do is gonna fucking you know reward you for you know the 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 hard work that you do. You gotta push yourself to you know see where you want to be and it might be a slow progress but you know if you can at least slowly build up through the ladder and everything like that you, you know you're gonna do it same thing with the entertainment industry and everything mm-hmm. else like that you just gotta know what steps you want to take and go for it not just hold yourself back constantly
3: yeah
0: that's why yeah. i love you know I, I, I admire kevin smith a lot i mean kevin smith has started from like yeah, you know, paying. I mean, I heard him, you know, a few months ago when he was in Arizona for like a Q and A, he said that he took out so many credit cards just to this to pay off, just to like pay off uh, the first clerk's move that he made all on his own. Like he finances himself. He had savings in, you know, that he, he used, and he was saying like, don't let someone give you the opportunity. Make your own opportunity. You know why? Because to your point, Maha, like the more you wait, the less chance you're going to be able to like make something out of. At a young age, or you're gonna wait, or then someone else is gonna do what you did, what you want to do. So like, there's no point of waiting when you can make your own opportunity. Which is again the beauty of like, you know, people now TikToks and YouTube and social media. Like, there's so much. Oh, I mean, everyone has an iPhone or Android. Well, hopefully, hopefully an iPhone. They can you, they can take some like really good like you know cinematic like photos or videos with like there's an actual mode called you know filmmaker mode now on on uh, or cinematic mode on an iPhone, which is really cool. <laughs> where it's like you know. The more you wait on an opportunity that might not come, you could be doing this and that. Which again, I'm I about you, man. You have two films right now, man. Which is I, again, I'm super impressed with you. Two films that you're already in post, and you're shooting a music video on on, on this weekend. Like you know, don't let opportunity come fight, come to you. You find the opportunity and make it yourself, and you know, make your own path. Because then, like I said, the more you wait, the less likely you might you know make it down the road. Because you know, times you know, life is very valuable, and so is your time.
2: Yes, yeah, like. Mom, like, I just remember there's this philosophy that I have when it comes to even just like applying to jobs, and I don't know, maybe I got this from parents or whatever. But it's like, think about it, like when you're trying to find a job, and you're applying and applying and applying. Like, does it make more sense to just sit and hope that somebody calls you, or you just keep fucking applying? Like. Because if you're just sitting there like these bills aren't waiting, so why are you waiting? You know? Yeah. Like
1: yeah. You know? exactly. Yeah.
2: So like, I'm there right now. Yeah, that's the philosophy. <laughs> like I had a friend and she was like, No, none of these guys are calling me back. And I was like, What are you doing? She's like, Well, I'm just gonna wait. And I was like, Hey, I don't <laughs> want to sound critical, but like you're waiting on something that legit it might it might not happen right now. So what you gonna do Oh, uh, yeah. Day? And so I just take that same philosophy because, because again, like everybody i remember when i first when i was 19 i went to hollywood with the script and i remember i met this dude and he was just like everybody got a dream like everybody every uber driver is an actor every waitress is is a is an actor every fucking random dude in a taxi is a fucking producer so like what makes you different and i was like wow like like yeah it was a little kick to the to the heart but at the same time it was like a shock to reality like yeah you are right like Everybody has a fucking script. It doesn't matter how quality I say my shit is. It doesn't matter how quality it is. Everybody has a script. So Uh what makes you think it out? And it's like, oh, well, when you come with a script and a whole fucking portfolio where you could just look at somebody and say, Google me, look me up on Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, and there's a whole portfolio that goes along with you, now you have so much more power walking into a room than if you're just some dude from Chicago with a script about something
0: yeah no it's again i i can i relate to that all too well but i remember going out to la for my internship before COVID hit it's the same thing is like what makes you different i remember being in an uber with someone and he was saying the same thing he wanted to like he wanted to be a filmmaker he moved to la to be like a writer and he goes you know what man like i kind of like didn't really value my time and he was saying like what you said what you just said it's like what makes you different like you know mm-hmm. every, everyone has a script everyone has a you know a little short film, you know, like everyone everyone has that, but if you're able to like, you know, showcase what who you are as a person through your art, that shit is gold and, that's, and that speaks miles, that's, that speaks volumes, that speaks, you know, to almost everything. I mm-hmm. think that's the thing is like, you know, when you when you invest in yourself and you believe in yourself, that shit goes a long way, whether wow. it's a script, uh, yeah, but a long way, like a, sh- a short film or a script or even music. If you're able to like, you know, believe in yourself but also like, you know, I think also, too, if, if someone's self-made, like how we all th- all three of us are, th- and you get that, you 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 know, make I don't care, I don't care if, if one person sees it or 200 people see it, just having something done that is yours, I think is very self rewarding also kind of gives you a little bit of a boost of like, you know what, I can do this, this is what I want to do, this is my art, and this is who I am as, a, as an artist, so I think it's very important to like, never forget
1: that like, believe in yourself, but also just like, believe in your art, because it goes a long way. I think we can definitely learn from one person. I feel like we all love this man, and I and I and I just I hope you love him, Maha. I know me, Doug loves him. I love him. Childhood favorite, Adam Sandler. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> dude, that dude started literally from nothing, just making dumb little song jokes, uh, you know, going on to TV to eventually you know doing movies and making his own production company and writing directing and mm. making something big of it you know like people are like like with you know the rock and, and Bautista if years ago early 90s you know when he was just doing those little guitar songs if you said what he is now no one would believe you you know yeah. I mean? icon, hell yeah he's a giant icon he made his own his own production company, which has done a lot of great movies. He's, he's done amazing acting. He's done great writing, directing, producing. Like he's, he, he's made such great things. And he, you know, like people, you know, try, you know, cast typing him and he's gone along with it, but he's also stepped out of that boundary and show you like, fuck you. I am who I am. You know what I mean? And that doesn't stop him got no, gems,
2: man. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, yeah. I feel like Adam Sandler is a classic example too of just like reinventing yourself and not being like, yeah. I think uh, has has he been typecasted for sure, and I think a lot of that was like him wanting to be to a degree. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, shit, he was getting paid a shit ton of money to just have fun on camera with his friends. Like, of course, his friends. Yep. Um, yeah. But just like again, looking at even just like the rounds he's doing for that hustle movie, I haven't seen it, but I hear it's amazing. Ray movie, it's awesome. Like, same thing with like, I mean, how fucking PTA wrote the the part for him in part Struck Love. How they wrote the part for him in uh, Uncut Gems, and he's working with the Safdie brothers again. So like, it's just yeah. It's I feel like he's a classic example. of Like you don't have to be what people tell you to be.
1: Exactly, and
3: yeah, that's.
1: Do what you need to do. Sometimes you you know, you're gonna work at a McDonald's and you gotta smile at people you fucking don't wanna smile at and just act friendly. And you know what I mean? Like just do what you gotta do, but also, you know, when you can push yourself to go further than where you're at.
2: Oh yeah, wholeheartedly. Wholeheartedly. Like yeah, it's just I really if it, the one thing i would just love for people to take away is just like bro don't be scared to do shit yourself like and this is coming from mm-hmm. recovering perfectionist who like, like i used to really be like mm, if i do this and it don't work out the way i, I wanted to i'm going to hate it so i'm just not going to do it and that was very detrimental to me um and i very 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 just i just want people to know like nobody's going to give you anything bro that's just the reality like i grew up poor mm-hmm. so I am poor black from the South side. Like I was not giving shit. Like I had to get it myself. Mm -hmm. So so I think that's the thing of like, I really appreciate like people talk shit about like YouTubers and TikTokers, but I'm like, there are people who make incredible content who are using that as a way to get into the industry. And it's like, I feel like people are mad at them because a lot of people who are mad at them aren't doing that for themselves. And that over with like, you can't, it's like making a film now, like, bro, like, you make a short film, put it on YouTube, a few hundred people see it, and then you just, then what? Nothing. <laughs> like, what? you hope that, a, <laughs> yep. you hope a distribution company comes calling, you hope Netflix comes calling, but like, let's be honest, you just build it up on YouTube, you had no plan. Again, or you hope that Sundance was going to take it, now Sundance is taking and you feel defeated. Like, no, bro, like, that's not the industry anymore. They want you to think that. But like, there's so many other things where you can make a film and literally do a whole independent rollout yourself. And then if you do it successfully to where you have metrics that show people liked it, people reposted it, people paid money to see it. Now you can use that to get meetings with those companies and mm-hmm. show a deal by myself. So imagine what we could do together. So, so yeah, folks just need to do shit themselves because if you do shit yourself, Companies are going to see your value. That's really what it is. People want to see what you can do. If you're broke with a script, that'll make you special. Ooh, I don't care if you're fucking Tarantino with the pen. But if you, <laughs> have, if you have the fucking drive and the proof of this is what you did by yourself independently, that's why we see so many popular artists who dish it independently and they sign with the major label. Because they're like, yo, I did this by myself. Imagine what I can do with the backing of a multi-billion dollar company. hmm Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So yeah, building your
0: brand. You're building your brand. You're building yourself.
2: Exactly. And then you don't have to sign Mm. away your fucking soul because they see how valuable you are. So it's not like okay, you know, like in the music industry, there's a thing called 85-15 where it's like the label gets 85 and then they give the artist 15% of everything. And that's your traditional model and that's why so many artists are historically broke as fuck. But if you look at, for example, the rap industry, it's so many rappers who are independent and then they sign with larger labels and they still own their shit because it's a partnership. Yeah. And it's like, that's the goal that I have for my company like, I don't want to work for any company. Now, granted, if Disney comes to say, well, they, we want you to direct the first X-Men movie. Oh, I'll take it. But <laughs> it's, still, it's still like. I'm not just about to be like, okay, whatever you want, Mr. Feige. Like, no, there have to be conversations. We have to make sure we're on the same page about things because I didn't get into this to be somebody's employee. I've -hmm. been someone's employee on and off my entire life. And I'm in this to create, but I'm also in this to understand the business of this all because, you know, a lot of times they'll talk business and look past the artist because they just see the artist as like, you're the worker, you're not You're not someone who deserves to be in these rooms, and we deserve to be in these rooms, as long as you know what the fuck you're talking about. So, yeah. Um, Do it yourself, kids. Anybody listen to this, do it yourself. No one's going to give you shit.
0: Oh, absolutely. That's why, you know, I I studied, uh, you know, Ryan Coogler a lot in film school of, like, how he made his little short film. Well, again, first off, he he was supposed to be a football player, what his dad wanted him to be. He transferred to USC film school. I think it was his sophomore or junior year or whatever. And he made this one short film that got so much attention that his next movie you got Forrest Whitaker producing, which was Fruitville Station. Mm-hmm. And then Fruitville Station won all these big awards. He was 25, 26 when he you know won Sundance or uh, whatever the film festival that was when he, he debuted uh, Fruitvale Station. That got recognition. And then you you he's writing this movie called Creed. You know, he pitches it to Stallone. Stallone goes, I don't know, see a kid. But then Stallone sees Fruitville Station, he goes, Oh shit. Yeah, mm-hmm. something and then I remember—I still remember being in the room. I mean, my dad went to the Creed premiere in Chicago years ago. And I remember being in the room, and this is again Michael B. Jordan, who I think everyone knew at the time, but no one knew who Ryan Coogler was really. At, I mean, I mean, I knew who he was, you know, being a fan of his work, but mm-hmm. I remember like being in that being in that theater before he gets the like, before he gets the job of Black Panther, and I was like, this makes sense. He's literally worked his way up with each film he's done. Whether it was mm-hmm. his first short film called Locks, which was a student film at USC. And uh, then it was no. Station, Creed, and now Black Panther, which is like, yeah, you gotta trust the process because, like you said, Maha, like, isn't come overnight. If you can really, you know, uh, uh, s- display your like your craft, and also just like again, like, show what your show who you are through your art, doors will open for you. Doors will open for you, and you might get X Men, Black Panther, know, know, Superman, whatever, or a mm-hmm. big movie like you know, like a, a franchise movie, but either 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 way it's like you know what it takes time but if you if you really believe in that your craft you believe in who you are as a filmmaker doors will open for you just believe in yourself trust the process cuz you know what all of us are here trying to make our own stuff make our own you know make our own art because it doesn't happen overnight it it takes time and it takes like your, your willingness to like really like believe in yourself and also willingness to like hey say hey i can do this just give me a chance and i'll show you what i'm capable of as, as an artist
3: hmm? wholeheartedly agree folks
2: so, so what do we uh? are y'all working on anything I know we're supposed to talk about shit we're working on what are y'all working <laughs> on I'm just trying to
1: survive at this point uh, <laughs> well, my this girlfriend point. <laughs> interested in me <laughs> you know life shit <laughs> I'm well, right now like so this is
0: why I started this podcast was to like you know I was working at a at a job a few months ago that I wasn't really getting anything out of like it was a it was it was a really good job but like I just wasn't really like it wasn't really enhancing me as a filmmaker was, or the a creator so I was like you know what I'm going to do this as my side hustle Final uh, hustle as like you know like I want to do I, I've been wanting to do this for a while so I was, like, you know what, I'm going to do it now because like talked about earlier that the more I thought about it the more I feel like I was waiting for it to come to me, and I was like, you know what? Wh- why? Why? This what's doing now? I have I have a, I have computers. I have a mic. I can I can do this to like really like you know, you know, showcase who I am as a person, also as a creative. And I think this is what I want to. I want to add this. I want the goal for this year was to really build this podcast and build this like comp- my the production company full too of like having like you know to your point, Maha, Like I'm tired of being someone's employee. Like I want, I want to like really like you know create my own way, create my own you know my own production, create my own like you know like you know jobs because I I want to like really have ownership of like what I do as a creative as also as a person too. So this is what I'm trying to focus on a lot this year. And I'm I, you know I haven't been writing as much as I want to. You know I I wrote a lot when I was in film school and then when the COVID first hit years ago, I was like just deep into my writing so much where. Then I Start getting, you know, getting more jobs in production and, you know, in the, in the industry, which I'm so grateful for to this very day. But I felt myself kind of, like, kind of, like, drifting away from, like, my writing and my, my and my development of, like, storytelling. So I'm hoping this year is with, you know, focusing on this podcast is also I want to, like, go back to my writing, go back to my, like, you know, creative development of, like, you know, telling stories of and just kind of writing people that I do want to write with, which is
1: kind of, like, what I miss the most about it, for sure. <clears throat> um, I'm working on you know this podcast with Doug. You know he's he's talked about it in the past, and you know I was I'd love to be a part of it. Uh, I stopped writing uh quite a while ago. I've you know I have less like movie and TV show ideas, but you know um things have you know started coming back to me slowly as I've been doing this podcast. So my main focus on the podcast is just to get people to be okay with saying things they don't like. You know what I mean? Because it like I feel with a lot of the entertainment industry and has an audience as as critics, is saying you don't like a fucking movie. You know what I mean? Or show. There's so many critics that will give love to so many things and we'll watch it. And I'm like, what the fuck did I just watch? Like why is this (laughs) getting so much love from critics? You know what I mean? where I feel like, you know, if I let my originality spew out and just truly, like, say what's on my mind, you know, less people will want to hop on the bandwagon and say how they truly feel about something instead of dick writing something just because everyone else is fucking doing it. You know, I want other people to truly get the sense of, all right, well, this guy's being himself. I want to be myself as well. And, you know, I'm at a point where I've... I'm at a point where I got to sort of sort life out just a tiny bit to to eventually go back to writing and thinking of the, of things. So right now I'm not I'm working on just life itself, but eventually I will get back into writing and uh, just trying you know think of ways to get out there. But uh, right, but this is what I'm working on in life and now i'm in a relationship as though well. <laughs> so i'm working That's on that re- as well Same. <laughs> <laughs> it's been oh. a bad minute since i've been in a relationship so you know what i'm saying like woo, yeah okay
2: wow Shouts out to y'all and y'all relationships love that <laughs> mm-hmm. Thank you. awesome Good
0: uh so. I, we actually you know what me and joe I actually have a script i want to I give to you if you want to like, ever want to like write with us and create you know direct with us because i feel like it's 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 very Chicago based, it's kind of like inspired by us, like you know growing up in Chicago. I'll sh- i shoot it over to you after the show. I think you might might want to be part of it if
2: you if you want if you want to. It's yeah for sure. A passion Y'all, project I, of me and Joe. I mean, at the bare minimum, i always like reading homie scripts, so like yeah, definitely send it over. I'll shoot you my email. Oh, I would love to. Yeah, it's yeah man. It's something shot, that I kind of me
0: and Joe when I was in London doing my semester abroad, I had the idea came came to mind, and me and Joe were like, fuck, we'll just we'll just write it because you know we, we it's kind of inspired by, I mean, not not fully inspired, but loosely inspired by. You know, growing up in Chicago, it was like kind of like, you know, like little like not life stories, but it's kinda of like the shenanigans we got we got involved with, but it's uh it's, I'm <laughs> very proud of that. Me and Joe, we wrote we wrote the whole like season one like Bible, like season one outline, but uh we were like what I want to say three episodes in Joe before I think I started three, working. Again.
1: Four episodes? Yeah, before Yeah, three, three or
0: four. We outlined a lot yeah. for sure,
1: but um we are very proud and, of and it. We have an understanding of where we wanna take it. So yeah you know, well i i definitely would especially because like i said in the beginning besides you being a pain in the ass uh you know i said that you are very unique uh minded and you know spirit and, and mind like i said you know you're you're doing so much yourself you know by the way i love the name black lily uh for your uh company and you know you. sorry what did you say you cut out no
2: i was saying thank you yeah
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, of course. No, that's a creative name, you know. I have my own name future, but I'm not gonna say it now. Uh until I get that fucking shit marked down for myself. Uh <laughs> the meantime he's, he's he's part he's, he's the co founder of Midway Avenue
0: Productions before his yes. untitled uh company will come to mind. Down the yes. road, down the road.
1: <laughs> yes uh hidden title really but anyways, title, uh, yeah. you know but you know like like you know me you've been friends with since, since third grade and you, you've you been a very unique person uh so you know and I've, I've seen you writing we talked about one of your projects that i i think you got done i i didn't get to stick around to see it finished but you know um you know i i definitely uh you know would love to see you know your your mindset just like with this podcast as well, you know. Uh you can come back anytime and also, you know, I'm, I'm glad you you came. I was like I was like how can we expand this shit more? Uh, and you immediately came into my head. And I was like and I told Doug, it was like I fucking would love that shit.
0: So I'm, I'm telling you my God, this man was through the roof. He goes, I had the perfect guest for this. And I was like well, bring him the fuck on. I would love that. So trust me, it was like day 1 that we wanted you on. When you, you, also, you're you're our first official guest of the podcast, so oh, PST, my friend.
2: <laughs>
1: and on the first episode of the new year episode. Oh, the new year, oh, man, yeah.
2: Oh, amazing. Oh, happy to be here for sure. Um yeah, for, for sure happy to be here. And also just happy to hear like, you know, like what y'all what you say you're doing like and I just want to emphasize too like just cuz you're not like writing right now doesn't mean that you're not like creating, if that makes sense. Like, yeah, yeah, I know that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I don't want it to be like a negative connoisseur. And I'm not saying that you are either one of y'all putting negative conversations on it. I just want you, I've been very much learning the hard way of like talking yourself up and giving yourself props for what you're doing versus looking at yourself for what you're not doing.
3: Yeah. And mm-hmm.
2: yeah, it's just like, there's inspiration everywhere like there really is inspiration everywhere so you might not be putting pen to pad now but like at some point it's going to be like a spark where it's like oh shit bro i remember all these things and now you gotta you can't stop writing so i'm excited for that i'm happy that y'all got a script that you were working on Um, happy you're living life because that's the most important part about writing you have to live life. like
1: so true yes sir
2: and be in a fucking room twenty-four seven because what are you gonna write about? Like, so the fact that you're in a relationship, the fact that you're trying to figure it out, the fact that y'all have this podcast, like that's all shit to add to the fire, which is you two as creative beings. So yeah, love that shit for y'all. Yeah.
1: Uh oh yeah. So besides the meaningful talk, i there's one subject I'd love to hear your guys' thought processes on. It, What's it was, up? Uh, uh Alec Baldwin.
3: Oh yeah, just today
1: been uh, convicted of uh, manslaughter, two counts actually, a manslaughter. I heard about that in passing. I think that's,
2: oh, that's a toughie.
1: That yeah. is tough. Yeah. him and another
0: uh, another crew member today. They were Albuquerque charged him and other crew member of uh, I think it was involuntary uh, man two counts of involuntary manslaughter yeah um, and you know, I think this is I remember this happened. I was like, oh, this is terrible. Like, you know because I, again, i I, what I remember reading it was that like this 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 production was not like insured didn't have the right didn't have like the correct or like proper like safety etiquette, safety procedures, safety coordinators. It was very, very, very and it's weird, too, because someone who is big as Al Baldwin is with his, you know, fame, you would think this would be an insured, very like kind of like, I don't know, like, prepared like with comes a safety set, but it, apparently it wasn't everyone that was hired on was kind of lo- was a local, and they a lot of them didn't have production you know experience or sorry a uh, firearm a firearm uh experience and so when it happened and then it came out that he was the one that shot the gun, he took no ownership of ownership of that and I'm just sitting here like bro- and, and you can, you can hear the interviews with like the uh, the husband of the cinematographer who, who passed away, her husband was saying, I blame this on Alec Baldwin 100%. Like, he had no problem saying, I, I put a finger at him, he's be, he's behind this. And Alec Baldwin, lit, I don't know what his issue was, but he said, it wasn't me. Someone else put the gun, it wasn't me. But it, the, the the footage of it was, like, he ha- he shot her. Like, the gun was in his hand, and he was, like, kind of being a, a, a coward, and was like, no, you know what? It wasn't me, it was someone else. Like, bro, you, you kill someone, and now this is your this is your consequences. Like... But you know what? He's an actor. He'll probably have a really expensive lawyer. they will probably get him like in some club fed prison or home uh, house arrest. So yeah, it, we'll see what happens. But I it's a shame that he, he there's no ownership when it comes to his actions. Also, I
1: I'd like to also say something before uh you go, Maha. Um, uh that uh this is also another thing. I'm a big Second Amendment uh, person. I, I I have a gun. I tell people, get a gun, go practice shooting, gun safety, you know, stuff oh, like sure. that. Um, you know, this is another thing where production and Hollywood take things a little too lightly when it comes to safety. Even if it is blanks, you still have to be very, very careful because those are still, like, things in there in you know whether it's a fake gun or not like there's still things in it and you do have to like take precautions uh you know we and sadly you know this is an um, you know this isn't the first time something like this has happened you know bruce lee son um in, in the crow lost his life to the same sort of way you know yeah yeah so you know even if it's a fake gun i feel like hollywood and and production should take it has gun safety check you know check what's in there make sure everything's all good you know double check it triple check it and just you know be you know careful be like right, don't point the gun exactly here like let's do a little you know let's do it at an angle etc 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 and just like take again gun safety gun safety you know whether it's a fake gun or not should be taken very seriously and this and this topic has been talked about within the gun community and like gun you know activists and gun youtubers and you know people who take you know guns and gun safety very seriously like myself
2: yeah it's like and the part that you said doug about like not taking accountability like that's a huge thing i mean i'm only accountability like like fucking press tour right now just to always talk about (laughs) it Like yeah bro like and like you said joe like the whole brandon lee thing like we shouldn't have to constantly bring up like examples like because people should honestly learn from these unfortunate you know Mm -hmm. and so it's like and then doug you bring it up them not having like the necessary paperwork and like anybody who's ever worked any position on a film set like You should really know that that shit is no joke. Like, either no joke film or like a fucking DC Marvel film, like, you have to have the proper assurances. You have to have like the proper documentation because you never fucking know. Even if actors are working for free, you got to have those Mm -hmm. agreements because you never know. And so it's like, yeah, it's moments like this where it's like very extreme, yes, but. You can't have, unless you're shooting a student film or a really low-key film in very few locations and it's very, call it easy, there's no reason why you shouldn't have fucking insurance. And even then, you really need insurance. You might not be able to quote-unquote afford it. So having Alec Baldwin on a production that didn't have proper paperwork and didn't have proper gun safety, because also I've had gun safety on sets. Like, even when Mm -hmm. I know there's gun is just the principle of like if the prop looks real and we're outside, that's a problem. Like, yeah, right. Oh yeah. Chicago production like website it talks about that specifically. Don't be outside with fake guns because we know how Chicago is. So yeah, yeah. So it's just like is it it is very irresponsible for the producers of that like wholeheartedly. And I think Alec Baldwin might actually be a producer on that as well, if I'm not mistaken. I think the
0: same thing. Yeah, I think he is. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so, it, like,
2: is. it is very 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 irresponsible and also just disrespectful to like like honestly bros like if you did it just say you did it like literally right. like, look you did it like there's no reason to be doing all this extra like it wasn't me Parent. whatever so you know. you know i i really hope that like it's a complicated situation because, like, obviously, like, accountability is, like, okay, you figuring out, like, the actions. Like, you know, I'm not huge on jail, but shit, if you got to go sit in jail for a few years, do what you got to do. You know, yeah. um, I hope her husband, you know, got some kind of compensation that I was saying gonna bring her back. But I hope oh, that... he's... Oh, yeah. I, definitely definitely he I think he sued. I think he, he I think sued the production.
0: I think he sued the production. And, and, and they had a kid, too. And... Yeah, I, I remember seeing the interview with him on like, oh, was it 60 Minutes or whatever or CBS Sunday Morning, and you can tell like, you watch you watch the husband, you can see his like face, like he's angry and he's just he's just lost for words because like the person that who took his all of his life away is denying accountability, but also you're just sitting there like he's he's just like so he's he's just done, he's just done, and he's like I, I have to now sit with this while the person who killed my wife, it's to be you know. Going to Oscar parties and you know and the other another parties like he there's no there's no consequences and right. it's I think I'm pretty sure I could be mistaken I'm pretty sure he sued the production I think he, no I think I know I know I know he sued Alec Baldwin for sure
1: oh um, definitely
0: but yeah yeah man it just to me it's yeah I, I <laughs> yeah I agree it's it's
1: uh, be be more prepared and this the, shame on them also that that's another thing about the accountability is that you know you were holding the gun and even if it's accident you took a person's life you know and that doesn't only affect the person that lost their life it's the people around them that truly love them their parents their husband you know husband the kids so on you know brothers and sisters if she had any and you know like you know you could at least apologize you know give them closure like even if you didn't mean to kill them you still did it and that taking that accountability you could also apologize to that family been like this should never have happened we fucked up I fucked up uh, and you know someone lost a life and I'm so sorry you know instead you're, you're blaming everyone which way to try to save your own ass and not thinking about the effects it has on the people of the person that lost their life
2: yeah yeah i hope it all works out for the best i mean you know yeah it's it's a tough situation for sure because like that should have never been the case and that's just the sad reality of it
3: yeah
0: yep never like i said i think you know knowing knowing actors and people in power they'll you'll i mean uh, it's. I mean, I, I could be wrong, but I feel like he's gonna get, he's gonna get off easy with you know, like house arrest or some fancy prison, you know, where like he's eating like you know brunch every hour or white something like that. White collar
1: prison.
0: White collar. Yeah, he's playing golf, like where I
1: don't know is at. Yeah, probably. Yeah,
0: those. Yeah, those club fed prisons. You know, where like yeah, yeah, it's like you you're playing you're playing tennis and you're you're playing golf and you you're having good food, so you're, not, you're eating slop every day like other like other jails are. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, man, it's 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 an unfortunate situation, and I yeah again I I I I really do feel for the everyone that was involved, and I do do especially feel bad for, feel you know for the husband and the, and the and the and her son that has to you know sit with this for for the rest of their lives. But yeah, yeah.
1: all right, Joe, should we do with our one and one? Yes. So uh, I told you about this uh, before we started going, Maha. Uh, Sorry, I'm starting on your name <laughs> uh, where we're gonna before we close out, we're gonna each say one t v show and one movie that we recommend for our audience and possibly each other to at least put on their watch list and eventually check out even within like a year or two you know how watch list grows and keep going and we forget about some of them, so you know definitely uh i I'll start it. Um, you know, uh, let's get this done. Uh, my one TV show would be, uh, I talked about earlier, which is Tulsa King with, um, you know, okay, I forget his name. We're talking Sylvester Stallone, man. Come on, Rocky. Sylvester Stallone's (laughs) Rocky, my bad brain fart. Uh, highly great show such great writing cinematography pretty well and it's such a great just show overall it just it's an intriguing one where you know they find they you know they talk about like those mafia guys that have taken you know trouble punishments that weren't even their own and stayed in prison for a very very long time 45 years in fact in the movie i believe 25 or 45 uh And he finally gets out, and, you know, he wants what's old to him, and the mafia says, you know, we're all good here in New York. Uh, You know, we're going to send you down to Tulsa and get business. And, you know, it's, you know, an older guy learning about the new age of technology, you know, weed and a, a lot of different things like that and just trying to get back, you know, his life of what he can salvage. And I think this is one of Sylvester Stallone's best acting pieces truly he makes the actor he makes the character just you know breathe life and i truly think he did such a fantastic job i truly love the show uh i cannot wait for season two i'm excited and season one lately like just finished like last week so definitely you know paramount plus if you got paramount plus on amazon fucking go there, watch the show, highly recommended, highly loved it, just Sylvester Lone just killed it, you know, it's a, it's a great show overall, so definitely watch that, and my one movie would be the Meyerwitz story with Adam Sandler, Ben Miller, just an all-over-round amazing cast, great story writing, and just sort of shows the trauma and conflicts of a family you know like it It felt like a family a successful family but still like they had their issues and you know you can relate to you know at least the trauma and just sort of you know feeling of you know the oldest child the youngest child you know curses and stuff like that where you know your parents you know parents are human as well but they also you know they're not perfect and it, it, it was just cinematography writing again all really good and then just the actors we all love and know you know ben stiller um sandler you know and, and much more yes exactly and and much more like i said uh i don't know if it's still on netflix hopefully it is it is uh, he, has a, he has an exclusive deal with netflix Hey, oh, that's cool. what's up. So, on Netflix, check it out. Great, great, great movie. Uh, whoever wants to go next, go ahead.
0: Sure, I'll go. Um, I got one. Let's see. I just watched it last night with my girlfriend, and it's still very underrated. It came out in 2018. It is 2018's Upgrade. Uh, It's a very, very... Yeah. Uh, it's, a great, it's a great movie. It's a very, very slow, but low, very low-budget Blumhouse pick that... When it came out, I think only me and Joelle saw it in theaters. <laughs> went through that thing saw theaters. And we we, remember we, we
1: went to a movie premiere and the the director was there for a short I'm bit. jealous. That's
0: right. You saw it in Chicago before me, and I was very jealous because I saw it in like an empty theater like when it came out by myself. And I was like, wow, no one's here but me. Um, but uh man, it's it's Leigh Winnell, he's the co-creator of uh, the first two saw movies uh and he did a visible man after the after the upgrade uh, upgrades are really cool it's like i pitched it as like it's like episode of black mirror meets like john wick and with a splash of like robocop um it's awesome and for a 3.5 million dollar budget movie it looks super expensive and they do a great job of making it look like a higher budget very very crisp very clean looking cinematography is awesome the camera work on the fight scenes are awesome um, I don't want to spoil too much about it, uh, you know, I want people to go one blind as possible, but I think you can rent it. I think mean, you... It's not on any streaming services. I own it on Blu-ray because it's a fucking awesome movie. Uh, it's... A, yeah, 2018 Upgrade. It's a brutal movie. I mean, if you like violence, this is the movie for sure. Um, but holy shit, the fight scenes and the whole combat is brutal, but uh, it's an awesome movie. It came out It came out in 2018. It's called Upgrade. Worth the watch. And... TV show, you know, I've been rewatching a lot of Parks and Rec because it's, it's a good comfort show. Um, but new shows, I've been watching now uh, Abbott Elementary, which I think is hilarious. If you're a, a, a former student of CPS, like we all three, three of us <laughs> are, um, okay. it is a. Very realistic kind of view of uh <laughs> elementary and grade school, a little bit of high school of like
1: One being of the in a city of school,
0: elementary school, for sure. Broke as hell. Uh, yeah, if you're a CP, if you're a CPS student like we, us three were, um, we definitely can can relate to the show all too well. And it's really funny. Uh, uh, Quinta Brunson is a great comedic writer, she's hilarious, she's also <laughs> the star of the show. Um, her, her, her delivery is very, very quick, which I, which I, which I admire about her as an, uh, as a writer, as well as an actress. Um, it's super, super funny. It's on like, I think it's on Hulu and HBO Max. <laughs> uh, it's super yeah. funny. Again, it's, it's mockumentary style, like the office, like Parks and Ray, but it's very fresh and it's very like the, the writing is very clever and very, and very like, like this spot on humor. So I'd recommend Abbott Elementary for my show of the week.
2: Yeah. Agreed. Um, I will say, to piggyback off that, firstly, um, yeah, The Monoist Story is one of my favorite movies. That director, Noah Baumbach, he's one of my favorite directors right now. He did the, uh, he did an incredible movie with Ben Stiller called Greenberg that also starred Greta Gerwig in, like, 2010. Um, he also has an amazing movie called, uh, what's that movie? has? It's his first movie with Adam Driver has Ben Stiller Naomi Watts. Um... Oh yeah. Um oh man, what's that's that? My tongue. Uh While We're Young, 2014, yeah. That's that a good was, one, yeah. Uh The Squid and the Whale, that's a good one too. Francis Ha. If y'all haven't seen Francis Ha, um, that's Greta Gorick's like first movie with him as far as like a co-writer, and she stars in it. Uh, and then obviously everybody knows Marriage story. Um so yeah, but as far as me, as far as what I will recommend, hmm I would say as far as films, I've been getting back into like old films, um so I would say, can I
1: list does it have to be one? Is it like the rule? uh well, we usually stick to one, uh but you can <laughs> t- say how I mean you want to say you know.
2: Alright, so I'm going to hit a three. I'm going to say... um Go ahead. I'm going to say one, I highly recommend watching um, either The Seven Samurai or Injumbo by uh, Akira Koizada. That's my dude. Um, the Seven Samurai is actually what inspired Star Wars. So if you like Star Wars, I definitely recommend watching that. Um... It came out, I want to say, like, 1967, maybe. Uh, Japanese film. Um, Secondly, it's a French film called Le Diabolique, which means the diabolical in English. And that is an amazing piece of... It's just amazing. Like it's suspenseful. It's thrilling. It has mystery. That movie was, like... Fun fact, Psycho was made in response to that movie because Hitchcock had... Oh, Hitchcock, really? Yeah, Hitchcock basically didn't like the comparison that he was getting because they called the man the French Hitchcock. So Hitchcock was like, mm, fuck that, I'm going to show you actually something. So he made Psycho. Um, and they both had those disclaimers. If you saw Psycho, when it came out, at the end of it, it said, don't tell anybody about the plot twist. Tell them to come oh. and watch it. And same thing with the Diabolique, which came out, I want to say, a year and a half before Psycho. It was like, in French, do not tell anybody about this plot twist. Tell them to come see it. So it was just interesting how the two of them are like, companion pieces to a degree. And the third one I'd say is uh uh it will be a Hitchcock film. I'll say I hmm North by Northwest is one of my favorite Hitchcock movies. And Carrie Grant Cary Grant, like it's something I'm not super big on like a lot of those older white actors because I'm just like it's something kind of weird about them sometimes, like especially given the time period and all that stuff. But like Cary Grant And like Humphrey Bogart too. I fucked with Humphrey Bogart, but Cary Grant. It was something about his, his like his stature and his delivery of lines and his wit and charisma. It was just like, oh, that's a leading man right there. Um. So I recommend those three films. And as far as what I'm watching, I'm kind of on a sitcom kick right now because I'm actually writing a sitcom. So I've been like studying just a shit ton of sitcoms, and I will say that. One that I've been watching like a lot. Well, about a couple months ago, I finished Seinfeld. That was that was that was something for sure. Like that show really is.
3: Uh, yeah, but, the show is the show is fucked.
2: Like I see why people complain about the 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 series finale. Um, <laughs> it is very much like you know infamous for sure. But yeah, the the writing that Jerry and Larry just doing that show with a lot of other writers. Like it's it's fucking impeccable like it really is a masterclass in how to write a sitcom um yeah i've also been watching the cosby show too um it took me a while to start watching that because you know bill cosby but i did i was able to realize that like that show exists outside of him as a person and mm -hmm. that was helpful to separate cliff huxtable and the huxtables from bill cosby Mm because once i did that it was like oh this is a staple of like of a black culture of american culture of tv culture so watching that is just like anybody who writes a sitcom like from the last 25 years they're gonna tell you they watched the cosby show like Mm. that's almost just a fact
3: oh yeah and and so it's
2: just like watching that too was like wow like i've seen a lot of these episodes as a child on reruns but watching them in order it's like wow like you really feel I love feeling like I'm growing with the characters. I love seeing the evolution of characters. And I just love hearing like dynamic writing and storytelling. So yeah, that's kind of what I've been on lately. Uh, because like I said, I'm working on a sitcom and I wanted to study the grades.
0: Man, props to you, my friend. Mm -hmm. Writing a sitcom, you know, I remember being in film school, like though we said the two hard things to write in in film school was comedy and sitcoms. (laughs) Yeah.
2: it's it's not easy at all, like, to be honest, like, a lot of the shit that I write dialogue-wise is, like, even if my film's serious as fuck, like, there are comedic moments, and I'm always yeah. like, I have a dark sense of humor, like, I have a light sense and I have a dark sense, like, my humor can yeah. kind of go anywhere, and that's just something that I always think of, like, life isn't just one thing, like, you might be having the shittiest fucking day, and then you see something that makes you laugh. So yeah, it's like... Right i'm very particular in it in the sense of like i don't think i'm the funniest fucking person around but i'm around a lot of funny people and i can be very funny so it is it is the only thing about the sitcom thing is like you kind of have to like really run jokes by people like you really need to see what works for the vast majority and that's the thing where i'm like okay like i have basically you know I, I know i know we've been talking for a while so i'm not gonna talk out you of. off but i have more or less three shows that i'm like actively working to have like on air in the next three to five years um That's awesome yo thank you and like two of them are let's say like one of them is like very much like an atlanta type of vibe in the sense of like if atlanta if the characters in atlanta were younger from chicago
1: gang let's oh go, yeah, I like it is,
2: you know, and it's like it's still like the surrealism is still the the like the characters most of the characters are black, but they're like a lot of different like colorful characters. It's very dynamic, but they're serious on. it's a very surreal show, and then the next show is a spin off of that show from one of the one of my favorite characters, and that show was more of like breaking bad meets um it's like breaking bad meets like fucking what's a what's a what's a it's like breaking bad atlanta like a like sitcom all kind of meat like it's funny but she's a drug girl. so it's like real life circumstances okay. but it's still comedic you know what i mean yeah. um yeah. like a, a drama comedy and the other one's a comedy <sighs> drama and then we get to okay. and then we have a sitcom which is just like honestly that's yeah that's gonna be the money maker um but yeah the whole point of me saying that is like yeah just giving them all three distinct voices is a constant uphill battle because i don't ever want anybody to look at something that i've done and be like oh we could tell this is from maha because it sounds the same i think the most beautiful thing that an artist can do personally is like when people could look at a bunch of different things and not know your name, but when they look at the yeah. credits, they're like, oh, fuck, that's him, that's them, that's her. That is where it's like, wow. Like, again, Noah Baumbach, the director we we're just talking about,
3: mm-hmm.
2: you fucking Meyerwood stories, like, but had I not mentioned all those things and you just came across them, like, damn, you might have been watching Meyer's story and be like, that name looks familiar. Oh, that's the fucking dude with the Meyerwood stories. That's the dude who did such and such. So, it's that shit that i like because i love being a chameleon in the sense of we don't we might not know you by name but when we see your work it's like oh shit i think i know who that is and that's the yeah. shit that i'm striving for if all my shit could just be like that i feel like that's a beautiful legacy like people don't need to know my name i mean i want people to know my name like household wise but yeah if a bunch of people just know my work you cannot like me you cannot know me by name but you're indulging in something that i created and that's all mm-hmm. that fucking matters so yeah
0: no and I, again you're props, my friend for like for you know trying different things but also being unique that you're not sticking to one different genre i think it's like that's the beauty of like being like uh, you know writers that you can you can dip your hands into different different genres and different you know kind of like storytelling because you want to like you don't wanna be stick to one type of movie like a marvel movie or this kind of thing where you want you want to expand like you you know your you know your creativeness and also you know you're able your ability to tell different stories do you have a certain genre that you like to write more than others
2: so i always tell people like because this is always the conversation start, especially like with like in my, in the dating world, people were like, Oh, you're a yeah. filmmaker, what's your go to? I'm like, My go to honestly is um coming of age stories. Like that's my yeah. go to. Um, because every single thing that I realize I've written has been coming of age. Like this sitcom is coming of age, like this because they're all in their like late teens, early twenties. Um the other two shows are teenagers. Um, my first feature film is like a group of teenagers. So it's always like young adults or <laughs> neighbors in a specific situation whether it's funny with drama where it's drama with funny where it's, whether it's just all drama whether it's an anime like it's always a coming of age it's always an evolution because you know we're always evolving so i love telling those stories because you can always it doesn't pigeonhole the characters because we're supposed to see them grow and yeah that's i think if anything that's my niche coming of age stories that's everything that i'm building upon
0: no, well, that's I can relate to you all too well, my friend. I, that's really how I get I get inspired by those kind of movies, like A Day's of Confused or movies like Boyhood or, you know, this movies that like kind of just like you can like relate to to a degree, but also you can like you can like I don't know, you can see yourself in a story that you can also like, hey, I can do this too, when you can like you know inflict what you take from your personal life, but also like. The ability to tell a different story, you can combine the two to make something kind of unique and very like creative, and it's kind of like the beauty of like why some of them are so good. Of like good community- good community stories makes you reflect, but also also inspires you to like you know tell similar stories of of your own, which I think is kind of like why why I'm so like kind of used to them. So I'm kind of like I used to them like so like I rely on them as like good, good comfort movie, but also like if, if I want to be inspired, all right, something, all right, I'll cool, I'll watch this movie like like movie like, 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 like dope. I love mm-hmm. that movie. It's it's a movie that kinda of like inspired me to be right around I was in you know junior in high school, but also like everybody wants somewhere days confused that like I know these kinda of, I know these kind of people. I know these kind of stories on my own that I can like you know, you know, mix and match with. So that's awesome, man. I know that you were also about about that uh coming of age life. It's awesome.
1: <laughs> yeah, same yeah. like uh one of my go to movies me and Doug saw it in theaters, and I still love it to this day, and one of my favorite actors of all time, Ben Stiller, uh, right along with, you know, Adam Sandler, uh, would be, you know, Secret Life of Walter Mitty, you know, because I've always been that guy that was always in my head. I was quiet, just did what I had to do. You know, I was wherever I was, I was comfortable and, like, you know, but I was having, like, adventures in my head, you know. I was this outgoing person that wanted to do these things, but I, I kept it in my head because I didn't see myself. You know, I didn't truly see myself doing it. I wanted mm. to be the person to do it, but I never could be that person. You know, that's why I told myself. But then, you know, like seeing that movie, you know, and Doug saw saw it with me, and he knows how yeah. much it meant to me. Where it was like, okay. He got out and did it, like you know what we were talking about, like just go and do it, and that move really spoke to me, and that you know was one of my things where you know let your imagination you know run free, but also grab some of that imagination and put it into your life you know what i'm saying so that you know like doug that you know inspires me for when i'm writing you know like i let my imagination go free if i'm listening to music or if i'm playing a game or if i'm just chilling in the darkness and something pops in my head i let it run around and take form and that really inspires me to you know write so yeah no i definitely feel that the beauty of
0: writing, man, you're able to tell different <laughs> stories that you want to tell. And that's, I think that's why I think if you stick with our conversation earlier, if you stick with it, man, if you stick with anyone listens to it, stick with it, you never know what might get happen. And I say, and to your point, Ma, just keep writing. Just keep writing. Keep writing. If you love it, you know, take an hour or a few, a few minutes of your time just to, you know, put a you know, pen to paper and just, you know, hey, I have this idea, write it down because you never know where you may take that story. And also, people, people might want to hear it one day. You just never know.
2: Yeah, that's the thing, like, I remember I read Freddie Mercury kept a notebook with him everywhere he went, either him or his (laughs) or And so I I try to keep notebooks with me because I journal every day, but typically I just write with my phone. So I'm like, I'll literally like, we could be in mid-conversation. Like, when I tell you, I've literally like, and this might sound, yeah, this might sound kind of wild, but like, I've been on like whole dates before, bro, and thought about dialogue. I'm like, hey, give me one second. And I'll pull my phone out and just, I'll. I mean, I try to make it, I try to make it quick, but it's been times where I've like had people on hold, like in-person hold, like them looking at me in 10 minutes, I'm just going to town on my phone because the ideas are just coming out. So, you know, sometimes it's just like, or even just on the train, I don't really take the tram, a car luckily, but it's like, I'll be walking down the street. If I hear something funny, like, for example, I was in a fucking jewel the other day this lady was coming around the corner with the shopping cart and almost like hit me, and she was like so apologetic. And I was like, cool. And then I know where she screams back. She's like, Hair the fuck up, you little bastards, little motherfuckers. And I'm thinking, like, she's talking to like, I don't know, her boyfriend who she's just not being nice to, whatever. And like, four kids come running behind her. I was like, What the fuck? I was like, that, That's how you're yep. <laughs> but, like, <laughs> you talk to
3: four kids?
2: But like, it was just, like, that was just some shit that I was like, I have to put this in like one of my surreal shows because you can't make this shit up. Like, yeah. What the? And like, but that's, that that's like fun, dark comedy. Like, you're just like, Oh, she's so kind and sweet to you. And then to the kids, it's just like you little mother. I'm like, wow. So yeah, it's just like anytime an idea comes out, like there really are no such thing as bad ideas. Cause those bad ideas might lead to some good ideas. So yeah. Just write, just write as much as you can, bro, even if it's like a one sentence dialogue, like shit will really take you places,
3: mhm,
0: yep, I uh, yeah, I second that having the journal, I remember like that was like yeah I journal every day too, but I remember like in college film school, it was like always having my journal of my ideas of like a character idea or like you said, like you're going some you're going at a store or going to like I don't know a gas station, something weird happens, write it down because you are you, kinda no. like you save an ammo for later, like, you're kind you're pocketing that ammo for like other time.
1: I'm not gonna lie, I'm doing that yeah. right now. You guys, may think of something.
0: No, it's 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 again the beauty of like you know storytelling. You one you take one thing and get you can like you you're able to expand on it, or, or else you're able to include it in something else, something something else. Which is again that's why I love of writing. That's why like, I think if you stick with it, it really will like it'll bring you wonders. But. Yeah. Well. Anyway, Maha, my friend, you are always welcome back in the show. Hope you know that we would love to have you back on whenever you want to. So don't be a stranger. I'll always hop on, back on if you want to.
2: <laughs> of course, appreciate it. And uh, if anybody, you know, to the folks listening to this, if you want to follow, you know, this young lad here wow. is me talking about myself. <laughs> um, I- my Instagram, I don't use Twitter and it's not even like a political thing. I don't really care about the Elon thing currently. It's really just um I I just don't use Twitter. So I'm not gonna get y'all my Twitter handle, but my Instagram handle is the as in T H E mind M-I-N-D of Ma, which is short for Maha. Um uh, so yeah, the mind of Ma. On Instagram, that's where I do most of my work. You'll start to see my portfolio come in. And uh yeah. Just stay tuned and keep listening to these folks because this is a great fucking show.
3: You're
0: too kind. You're too kind. Thank you. Good Joe,
1: show.
0: doing the honors uh... of closing the sound this week?
1: Yeah, uh, well, you guys know where to follow us. You can follow us on our Instagram, uh, on the you know podcast Instagram, Midway Avenue Productions. Uh, you'll uh, be able to get access to Doug's personal Instagram through there. I don't know if he wants you all to follow him or not, but hey, you know, give the boy a follow. Oh, don't follow that me because no I don't want that. <laughs> uh, I hardly use that. Shit. Uh, but you can follow me on my Twitch, uh, you know, the OG Cuban Rican, you know. Follow me there. I play games from time to time. Uh, I try to do a wide variety. And uh, I just enjoy playing video games. You know, I am the podcast, you know, resident nerd, anime, video games, comic books, you name me, I'm there. Uh, But yeah, uh, thank you so much for being a part of our podcast and, you know, uh, listening to us ramble on and on and on about things we truly love and sometimes hate. And, you know, sometimes we love to hate it. Sometimes we hate to love it. You never really know when you get uh, shit with us. So thank you again so much for being here. Hopefully, we'll see you next week. And, you know, spread the word to your friends. Put it on your story. Put it on your Snapchat. Put it on your Twitter. You fucking... Subscribe you to know, us, MySpace. on Spotify. You know, Hotmail. Yeah, <laughs> <MySpace>. <laughs> we are Greenback on MySpace. all... We're on Apple. We're on Apple. You know, we're on Apple. We're, we're on Spotify. On, uh, Spotify. We have our own website. Visit us there. We uh you know, we got up and running, we'll eventually be writing reviews. We also have a TikTok, you know what I'm saying? Doug mainly does the reviews after he's out of the movies, you know, he's the face of this. <laughs> uh eventually, you know, you might Probably not. But <laughs> we'll, we'll hear you. <laughs> but I don't see you, but you'll, we'll hear you. You, you, you
3: won't we'll hear you, see you, but
1: you'll, you'll, you'll hear my review of movies eventually. Uh, and, you know, uh, we have invited uh, Maha to come back. If he wants to be a part of the podcast, you're more than welcome. You know, we do this every Thursday. Um, but, yeah, thank you again. Uh, saying thank you again uh, for being here. we'll see you. Have a great week. And we'll see you, uh, we'll see you next week stay safe love your family love your friends hate your enemies don't kill them (laughs) uh and kill you know what you should kill we love our uh, uh, we love our enemies <laughs> love your enemies yeah. hate your enemies hate don't stick for all of us please <laughs> <laughs> exactly love your enemies hate your friends my bad uh kill your local pedophile. uh thank you for being my. here uh you know what i'm saying do the world some justice uh you know uh again thank you for being here uh hope to see you next time love y'all bye see you guys next week